All right, my friends, welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Brian Nevison. We had a great conversation. He has a podcast called Smiles Taking Miles, which is also the name of his business that he's currently working on. He's getting ready to start up his own studio where he's going to teach kin stretch and functional range conditioning and strength and conditioning, all kinds of fun stuff. We had a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. brother thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast how are you i'm i'm doing pretty well man yeah i'm excited to be on here right on thank you for coming on so yeah we got a lot to talk about so i have been following you for a while mainly because of the functional range conditioning stuff you know because when i get into something i need to know everything that there is to know about it and oh yeah you know, the, the internet's a great place for that because then you can just find this community of people that are doing the same stuff and learn from them right and so, but then I started, um, the longer I follow you, the more I'm like, wow, this guy's like smiling all the time. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, dang, this guy can jump so high. And he just like all these videos that you have of you just kind of flying through the air. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to get this guy on here. And so I uh, listened to the first episode of your podcast and, and, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but you basically had this drastic change in your life because of a dream. And that's really kind of what I want to unpack right now. So let's, uh, let's talk about that real quick. So let's give a background of, of who you are, um, what you did before this dream that you had, and then what um, you're doing now because of that dream. Right. So yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a personal trainer, uh, mobility specialist, uh, the functional range conditioning has definitely shaped a lot of what I do. Uh, I do kin stretch classes. Um, I'll occasionally do some things like that. And I was a personal trainer out in state college. I do Penn State and I was training out there, but I wasn't able to apply some of the stuff that I had learned. I was stressed. I, you know, I was still okay at, you know, focusing on what I could control, but I had bouts of kind of negativity and, you know, struggles and stress and this, uh, this dream that I had, it, it essentially was, you know, like almost like a near-death experience or death-like experience that when I woke up, I just felt so grateful. And it brought this, this kind of transformation of mindset to me that I had so much more gratitude. And it brought to the forefront all these things that maybe I wasn't consciously aware of. Like, wow, I'm not doing what I really want to do. Or my life isn't following the vision that I want. So it was a really big catalyst for a change in both mindset, gratitude and positivity uh, and taking action and changing. So I actually, a couple of years ago, moved back to Philly to you know, help train with my family and just having kind of faith that, hey, this is going to work out. You know, If I'm doing what I'm passionate about, things are going to work. 
Yeah. So that's really interesting. So like the, the, the death thing is something that not, not a whole lot of people pay attention to. And that's for good reason because it's scary. Right. And so right. Um, I was watching this. Uh, it was right when I started uh, following Gary Vaynerchuk a couple of years ago, he posted this video where a woman ran up to him on the street and said, give me one word that will inspire me and change my life forever. And he said, you're going to die. And she was like, holy shit. And he's like, yeah, so live accordingly. Right. And so, you know, there's, it's like death really puts stuff in perspective. And so, you know, I've never really had a dream like you had where you had like a, a near death experience. And then speaking on that, like stress is stress. So like, if you think of getting, oh, yeah. out getting chased by a tiger and then you actually are getting chased by a tiger, your body registers is the same thing, right? Totally. So if you're having a dream about you dying, then your body's responding as such, right? So then you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I need to figure some stuff out. And so, um, you know, but I had, I've had some people that were close to me, uh, die. And it's like one of those things where they were very young and it was very tragic, but you're like, man, I really need to get my shit together. Cause I have a short amount of time to accomplish all this stuff, you know? So then you just, once you have that mindset, then you just are really kind of charging forward no matter what. And then kind of all of a sudden you're doing what you want to be doing. <laughs> right. It's, it is amazing. I mean, I've been very fortunate that, you know, that was such a, a vivid dream that when I woke up, I was like, I was, because what's crazy is, and I talk about this, I think in that episode is that, you know, the events weren't real, but my, my mental process was real of coping with this fact that I was going to die, that I wasn't going to be able to do all these things I wanted to do. So I'm, I was very, I feel very lucky that I got to have that experience without the consequences. Right. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. When, when you're confronted with death and thinking about that stuff, it really can affect what you do. And right. yeah, we can't always be, you know, pedal to the metal, like, all right, I'm going to charge right towards exactly. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been cool. Yeah. So I just kind of had an epiphany. I, uh, so when I was a kid, I was like 14 years old and, uh, my dad was really into, uh, racing motorcycles in the desert and there was a professional racer. His name was Danny Hamill. And I really looked up to that guy. He was one of the, the fastest motorcycle racers on earth. And he was racing down in Baja and a truck pulled out in front of him and he hit the truck and died. And so I was too shy to go and get his autograph before that. So I actually never met him. But then after that, I was like, I'm getting everybody's autograph. I don't give a shit. And so I just go and meet everyone and became friends with all these people that I really looked up to and respected. And I think that that kind of, carried over into my adulthood a little bit. Um, but you know, just like you said that after a while, you're just kind of like, well, I'm going to start a podcast and then you just start a podcast and then I'm going to start this and then you just start it, you know? And I was, um, you know, so I started my, uh, my career as a massage therapist five years ago and realized that like my whole entire goal as a therapist was to get people to move better. So I needed to integrate movement into that. Right. And so here I am, like just today, I was like, holy shit, I'm like a trainer now. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? So now you're just like, oh, yeah. so that's what I'm doing. And then, you know, the the podcast thing, I remember, um, I think it was episode 32. I was uh, uh, interviewing one of my friends, um, Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. And he's like, how come you don't have a microphone? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're a <laughs> podcaster. And I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I should get a microphone. <laughs> like, you know, so it's right. You just kind of start habits into going into the direction that you want to do. And then all of a sudden you're just doing that thing. You're totally right. And it's, it's amazing how putting a label on it can change your mindset. You know, like, yeah, I'm a podcaster, I'm a trainer or all these things really, you know, if you have a business or you're in the, the world of helping people, they all can kind of mold together to shape your identity, but you wear different hats. And yeah, by thinking I'm a podcaster, it's like, oh yeah, I should have a microphone or I'm a trainer. Oh yeah, I should continue my education or, or whatever. Um, right. It's really neat. And that's one thing I've enjoyed as I've been starting my own thing, my own business the last couple of years is wearing all these different hats and, and back to the, you know, death and just being opportunistic and just doing stuff, you know, like rather than spending months mulling things over, you know, jumping on opportunities. And that's why I started the podcast of mine thinking, why am I not doing this? You know, what are my perceived barriers? Cause I think that's a big deal. Right. We have all these barriers that many of them are perceived, but they may not really be there and we need to just power through them. Yeah. And that, that's a, you know, one of mine was, um, is anything that I need to talk about relevant? Or, um, you know, like, am I intelligent enough? Do I have enough knowledge to hang with these people in a conversation? And then there's always that underlying fear of rejection also, because, oh yeah, where, where I live right now is a, it's a town in Northern Arizona called Flagstaff, Arizona. And, you know, it's really, really small and I'm on an Island here essentially. So there's nobody really up here that talks or thinks or works like me. And so I have to really reach out. And so that was one reason why I got addicted to these education courses because everybody's going there for the same reason and they're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And so that's where you make all these connections with people. Right. And then, you know, so then I um, wanted to do the podcast because there's so many people out there. I just want to talk to and I want to ask questions and, and learn what they learn and know what they know. And, you know, but then you're just like, well, I'm just going to ask. And then if they say yeah. no, you're like, sounds good. And then you just keep moving, <laughs> right? You know, cause like, um, you know, like Hunter Cook, like he's one of those interesting people ever. And I've asked him to be on my podcast twice. And he's like, I don't have time. And I'm like, I get it, but I'm going to ask right. you because that's what I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then as far yeah. as like starting a business, like, like people, you can really tell the difference between people who like overthink and the ones that just do stuff, you know? Right. Cause you're like, what do I need? I need a space. So let's get the space. And then, yeah. well, I don't have equipment, so we'll just make them do body weight stuff. And then I'll just get equipment. And then next yeah. thing you know, you're like, Oh my God, I have a thing. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> it just keeps evolving. Right. Yeah. Well, what's, I, I was just listening actually earlier today, but uh, with your podcast with uh, um, Dr. Tim Wu, was it? Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great, man. But you, you guys touched on the topic of discomfort. Um, right. And that's something that that I've been thinking a lot about, and you know, both physical and mental. You know, physical discomfort for training is very important for growth. But then, being uncomfortable just with your actions, and you know, like, whoop. Yep. Lost you. <laughs> there we go. All right. Okay. We're back. Okay. So we're you back. were talking, I got the part where you were talking about physical discomfort mm-hmm. and then, and how it takes physical discomfort in order to grow. And then right after that, you were talking about mental discomfort and then we cut out. Okay. So yeah. yeah with the, 
the mental discomfort, you know, things like asking people to be on your podcast or, right. you know, pushing yourself to open a studio or whatever it may be, taking those leaps um, where the outcome isn't certain and it may be out of our comfort zone, but it's so important for growth and it can be really easy to get a little complacent and just step back rather right. than taking some of those risks. Right. And it's, uh, man, it's so important, I think, because a lot of people get super comfortable. But I think that, you know, and we probably touched on this in the Tim Wu podcast, and I talk about it a lot, but like people need discomfort in order to be comfortable. And so if they're too comfortable, then they start to create discomfort. And so that's like, so that's like, you know, yelling at your spouse about dishes or some, you know, something seemingly innocuous, you're just creating discomfort, right? So if you go out there and, and you're like, well, I'm terrible at running, so I'm going to go run and it's going to suck and I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to keep going anyway. And then you'll get better from that. You know what I mean? So that's like one thing that I learned from my uh, mixed martial arts practice is like that you need to be in this stress inoculation in order to be growing as a human. Right. And so right. the biggest thing is like, especially when you're uh, starting your own business and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, you need to, you know, go in and check on yourself because that's, and that's the most discomforting thing of all, because then you have to deal with all that stuff. And so, yes. you know, like uh, Bill Burr talks about it a lot, like when he's in the shower and every once in a while he's like, Ugh, because that memory comes up, you know, that just pops right. And his wife's like, what are you doing? And he's like, the water's too hot. And she's like, again? He's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's the stuff yeah. that comes up and you need to deal with that because like, man, just you being like Brene Brown's my power animal right now. I'm listening to all of her podcasts. I'm watching her Netflix special and everything, but like just vulnerability as a strength is, yeah. is so huge. And man, just putting yourself out there and just, it's, you what you realize is that it's a, it, whatever you thought in your head is not that bad. It it's really true, and but in in spite of that, you know, you can experience it a hundred times. That oh, you know what, that wasn't so bad, and then we still can create that stress and that anxiety in our heads. And and I think you're you're totally right about you know the the stress, the discomfort when we don't have enough of it, we create it in different ways. And right. um. I don't know if you follow Samantha Fallhaber at mm -hmm. Sam Lets You Up. Oh, she, yeah. She's great. And I remember her talking about that with, you know, we don't have enough discomfort. That's when, you know, people get mentally, they create issues in their head or they exacerbate things because we, we need some degree of stress in our life. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us get it through, you know, a lot of mental stress rather than physical stress. Right. Uh, or healthy stress that we can adequately recover and grow from right and so that's part of a survival mechanism you know it's like like our when our ancestors saw uncle ted get eaten by a tiger you're just like okay that was terrifying so then you start to make up all this stuff in your head of these possible situations that could possibly happen so that you're mentally prepared for it and then uh physically prepared for it and so that, well, he came out of a tree this time, or what if he comes out of a bush or what if he comes out from behind that rock or what if he goes, you know what I mean? But then right. we don't need that anymore, but we still have that. And exactly. so that one argument that you get in with your significant other about dishes, then you're just like, wow, that was shitty. So 
here's what's going to happen next time. And then here's what's going to happen after that. And then here's what's going to happen this time. And then that time. And then, so you're creating this underlying vibration of anxiety to where that's your relationship now is just expecting to be yelled at about this stuff. But then, um, you know, so like if you have that tech, that toxic person where, you know, you go in and you're so happy, but then they just like crush you and you're like, shit. And then you go in and you're like, okay, I'm ready this time. I'm ready. And then you have this big battle rattle on and then you walk in and then they're just surprisingly pleasant. You're like, well, shit, I wasn't prepared for that. You know what I mean? So it's just like, we're so weird. We're sitting. Yeah. And all the, all the while, you know, we're having some sort of stress response, even if nothing bad happens. It's like, I've experienced this and I've worked with a lot of people who, who, you know, they will get all fired up about something that doesn't even end up happening. You know, right. all this stress, all this anxiety towards an event that might happen that doesn't. And even if it doesn't happen, I mean, their body has still gone through that stress. That's still, that's still an issue. Right. But we, it is crazy to think about. Um, I need to reread the uh, why, why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. I don't yeah, know if I you've- that book, yeah. That was really, you know, really telling. And uh, you know, a lot of great information there and it makes you think it's like, yeah, when I, you know, stress over something in my mind, like my body is physically going through a lot right. <laughs> and even if I'm not doing anything, you know, that, that cuts into my, my overall threshold for stress. Right. And so I had a friend of mine who was doing jujitsu tournament and he called me and he's like, what if the guy takes me down? I'm like, I don't know. Well, what if the guy <laughs> chokes me? I'm like, I don't know that either. You haven't even weighed in yet, man. Like, let's try that first. Like, what are you talking about? And so like, that's a, that's a, like such a practice of being present in what you're doing. And so like one of the ways that I, I keep myself present is asking myself what's happening here. You know what I mean? So like what's really happening. So then you have to pull back and be like, what is happening? And then you start looking around and then you're starting to assess the moment instead of, creating this drama in your head before it actually even happens. Totally. And that, that's been something that's been really helpful for me is that being more present and, you know, when it comes to gratitude, when it comes to smiling, you know, my, my LLC's smiles take you miles. And, you know, that's something that it started as just a little thing I would say to clients Um, as the workout got tough, you know, you got it, just smile, smiles take you miles and kind of caught on. And I realized that, as pessimistic and negative as a lot of people can seem, people really do respond well to smiles. Yeah. And, you know, even some people who they weren't about that and I would say it and I would just smile at them and they'd kind of give me an eye roll, but then they'd smile and I'm like, see, they like it too. Um, But a lot of that, it came to fruition when I started being more grateful and being more present. Yeah. That's where, when I started realizing kind of like you said, like what is actually happening? Like look at the facts Look at the big picture and if you're able to, it's not always easy, but in the moment, if you're able to take a step back and look at things a little bit more objectively, oftentimes it really helps with how you process that, that situation. Right. And so the, the smiling thing, there's actually like a physiological effect behind that. So um, I, uh, when I was teaching CrossFit, whenever people just be in the shit, I would just like Mm -hmm. thumbs up them and then they'd smile and feel better. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, it really makes a difference. So like right now I don't um, do CrossFit as much, but I do all of my cardiovascular conditioning on like the Peloton bike or like on the rower. 
And so when you're yeah. really in the shit, if you just con- if you consciously smile, then it changes your physiology, changes your physiology, and then you're able to just kind of push through that interval and make it better. And so it's just it, it, God, we're so weird. And so we- I, <laughs> I keep saying that a lot because you know the more present that I try to be, the more I start to learn about human beings. And right now, um, what I'm really doing with all of my clients is just really listening to what they're saying as when I ask them how they're doing, you know, because, you know, I have all this neck pain and okay, well, what's going on at work? Oh, this lady, she's such a pain in the neck. And you know what I mean? You're just like, yeah, you know, so that has nothing to do with your neck. Then it has everything to do with that lady. And you're just not able to express what is actually happening. Yeah. And people, so many people are disconnected in that. They don't, they don't think about their overall stress and all the different sources that go into it. They just think, what am I doing physically? (laughs) What did my trainer do to me? What all those types of things. But yeah, like, uh, you know, your podcast with, uh, with Tim Wu, with, he was talking about all the different, all the different areas where, you know, sleep, nutrition, hydration. I, I had a friend that uh, I was training actually last week and he had been going through a lot of stress and I kept, and he felt exhausted on the one workout. And once we started moving, he continued to feel pretty, pretty dead. And I was like, all right, man, we'll, we'll ease off. And I asked him about his life and he's just stressed. And then I go away for the weekend and I get a picture of him in the hospital. You know, he doesn't know if he was dehydrated. He thinks it's stress. And I said, it probably is. You're 27, you're in good shape and you're in the hospital for unknown reasons. Nothing's wrong. Most likely yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stress going on and it's amazing how it can manifest. Right. And so that's the interesting part about training. So if you're, and so um, during my education course, I tell people uh, uh, every day is an assessment. Mm-hmm. Every time your client comes in, how are you doing? That's the assessment. Well, if they start, you know, if they're fatigued or they're, they're feeling like shit, okay, cool. So we're going to lock up and we're going to go for a walk. That's your workout for the day. And you're just going to dump all this stuff on me and, and without judgment. And then you're going to feel better, feel better. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, or we're going to go have coffee or whatever it is. You know what I mean? That might be the workout of the day is just having coffee. And so, you know, it's, it's, you don't have to be stuck in this pigeonhole of, well, they're here to train. So we should just stay in the gym. You know what I mean? You don't have to do that. And so, right. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, that's so, there's a couple of points you brought up that I think are just so important. And the one is the listening Yeah. where you have to be, you know, you want to know your client or your patient well enough that you can read between the lines a little bit, even if they can't. And then really listening to what they say without judgment. Um, I think that's so important. And I try to bring that information to the forefront so people can be an advocate for themselves. Like if you're working with someone who doesn't listen to you, you might want to find someone else. So I I think that's incredibly important. And then the being flexible and that, Hey, you're not, you know, taking a step back or doing something that's more productive, even if it seems like, Oh, let's take a walk. You know, yeah, that's going to help them more in the long run. And a lot of people have a lot of trouble taking their foot off the gas. So being able to facilitate that like you do is really important. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing that you just said, foot off the gas. So there's like people that have their foot on the gas because of anxiety. And then there's other people that have their foot on the gas because of purpose. 
And so then you got to really kind of like, man. And so that's one of the reasons why I got out of the CrossFit space, because I believe that um, CrossFit is a healthy expression of subconscious anxiety because there's so much that people well, I have to get this PR today or I have to go fast today or I have to be the best in the gym. And if I don't go to the gym, then everybody's going to know, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then you're just like, just, you're going to stop and you're going to sit and you're going to breathe for five minutes. That's what you're going to do because right. you're being crazy. Like there's <laughs> no way that you can PR your deadlift after the day you just had. What did, did you drink water today? Did you have a long day? Were you at work for too long? Did you have an argument with your boss? All, did you eat? All that stuff is incredibly important. You know what I mean? How did yeah. you sleep last night? Did, did you, you know, like, and uh, uh, it's, God, we're just so weird. I keep saying that and it's because it's, I keep having these epiphanies of humans and they're so. <laughs> well, our behavior, well, you know, it's, uh, so I was at the FRS summit um, oh. at the beginning of June and it, it was great. And, you know, Andreo Spina was talking, he was talking about, how, how much consciousness messed up our natural reward system and our behavior. And, and it's true, you know, we're, we're so weird and we do these things that don't make sense from a health perspective. And we're so disconnected because, because of our consciousness and similar to what you talked about with stress of us being able to anticipate things mm -hmm. and think ahead, but now it's not really necessary. And, and that, causes all kinds of of craziness and and weirdness yeah and behaviors that just don't line up with with actually our health and longevity right and so that's the part about like being a trainer and starting your own business it's so scary it's so terrifying for people it's like you know right now it's um you know because i use i did like i said i combine both of them and the mm -hmm. massage therapy and the training space and so um right now like every all the kids just got out of school it's summer break. The parents took their kids places and their parents are my clients. And now I'm like, where'd all my clients go? I'm like, you know what I mean? And so that's like one of those things with, with uh, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business that revolves around people is there sometimes when there's an abundance of people and there's sometimes where there's not people. But the reality is, is you always have what you need because mm -hmm. you're always going to get what you want. Right? So like if you just put in the energy out there, Oh shit nobody's coming in, then that's what you're getting, which is nobody, right? But if you just keep right. saying, oh, I'll be okay, then you'll be okay. And it's, it's, and it's, it's really, you know, I keep saying we're so weird and it's because we are. And it's like <laughs> with all the stuff that we're talking about, it's amazing that we lasted this long, really. It, it is. <laughs> it's pretty astounding. <laughs> it is. I'm so amazed. But um, yeah. yeah, so then there's uh there's this concept of, of emotional pain that I've been exploring since uh, January with an education that I, a uh, course that I took called dynamic neuromuscular um, assessment. And so um, it's like, there's, there's this event that happens and I always go to the extreme event. So it's like a, a like a woman gets raped. And so that mm -hmm. is the driver of her pain. And so what happens is, is that the body starts to manifest pain symptoms to distract from what the actual cause is. Because having low back pain is easier than dealing with the trauma of the rape, right? And right. so, but that's how people, like when you start listening to um, what they're saying, 
like they're like if there's people that are always complaining oh my house is so dirty it's never ever clean you know what i mean that's them the the driver is them needing to clean up themselves and clean up their subconscious but they're not ready so then what they're doing is distracting being like this house is dirty this is those dishes are dirty or whatever it is this is this is a clusterfuck well you're a clusterfuck (laughs) And you're just ready to deal with that right now, you know? So like, just, so that's what I'm saying. Like the literally listening to what people are saying is just, it's so important on how to move forward with your clients and give them the best training that you can. It is. And yeah, it's, it's incredibly important and it's to, to a degree, it's kind of a learned skill. Um, when I was in state college, so I'm 31 now, um, I'm fortunate. I've had a lot of experience when I was in state college it wasn't ideal in terms of the workload. You know, I would do 50 to 55 private sessions a week for about six and a half years. And in addition to other responsibilities, but the great part is by the time I left to start my own thing, I had done 13,000 training sessions, you know, and over that time I had learned a little bit more and a little bit more learned from other people, learned from my mistakes about listening because so many people, um, you know, a, the, the trainers or, or whoever it is, doctors, you know, maybe don't listen or, or whatever model they're in doesn't allow them the time to listen. So it's not always on the, the individual, but then the people themselves aren't used to being listened to. Even yeah. something is like saying, hey, how you doing? And holding eye contact. <laughs> people aren't, aren't always ready to give a response. <laughs> they're right. like, oh, you actually want to hear the answer, which is, is kind of nuts in itself. Yeah, so that, that, yeah. like when you go to the grocery store and they're like, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm excellent. And you're like, dang, that's pretty good. And they're like, oh, you listen to what I said? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I asked, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's interesting because then I start to pay attention to that within myself. You know, so there's like, well, why am I not doing this thing? Well, because I want somebody else to do it. Why do I want somebody else to do it? Well, because I've been going hard in the paint for the last five years and I'm kind of tired. Well, nobody else is going to do it. So you're going to have to do it because it's just sitting there not getting done. You know what I mean? And so like, so you're just going to have to keep going because that's like, so that's that stress inoculation thing that we were talking about, right? That's how we get stronger. Change in tissues equals force over time, right? So that's, it's the same thing. Like just think of your brain as the tissue and you're trying so, you know, we think we're going hard enough, but then these little annoying things come up. Like we just got a, moved into a new gym and there still needs to be, there's still sections that need to be painted. I don't want to do that. Painting's terrible. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the worst. And so I'm waiting for somebody else to do it, but nobody else is going to do it. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh God, you know what I mean? So you can always add more to your plate. And then when totally. you accomplish that thing, then you're just like, oh, I could have done that the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But blowing well, it off and it's, it's, it's crazy. I remember when I, I was maybe like 23, 24, I was getting used to being a professional with a lot to do and a demanding job. And, you know, I was struggling to get everything done. There was some procrastination. I was, you know, growing pains with organization. And there was a guy I was working with that was maybe six or seven years older. He had just as many sessions. He had responsibilities, you know, helping maintain the facility. He had two kids. And I was like, man, if he can do it, it's like clearly I have room 
to do the things I need to do. And then that was kind of a wake up call. Like, but like you said, we always have room for things. It's about, you know, sometimes prioritization or convincing ourselves, Hey, I can do this. Right. You're just asking yourself, why are, why aren't you doing it? Let's let's have it. So um, there's this Hindu monk named Dandapani and he talks about meditation as like walking up to walking into a bar, seeing yourself sitting there and then getting to know you better. And so you do that by asking yourself questions, like just sitting down and being like, what's my problem? And then we figure it out. You know what I mean? And so that's like what I consider meditation is uh, just, just sitting there and figuring out the problems that I'm presenting myself because that's what it is. So like, are we doing a time audit? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like what, where am I wasting time? Where can I be? improving that like how you know how can we improve this and how can we improve that we just you know like trying but then trying to build a brand on social media is really difficult because you need to spend time on there but then you get sucked into that and you're like you know (laughs) it's it's not like a direct you know you give this much input you get this much out of it you know it's not like painting a wall like okay i'll spend three hours the wall will be done i'm good it's in in addition to the fact that it's you know it's not linear. Like you said, you also can get sucked into things that aren't going to help you, but naturally, you know, you get looking at things, you start getting distracted. So it's a, it's a challenge. It is. It really is. Yeah. Trying to figure all that out and then, you know, trying to continue my education and reading as much as I can and, and studying as much as I can because reading and studying are two different things. And it's just this, this, just rabbit hole that never ends. But like you said, there's people that are just better at it. So speaking mm-hmm. on what you were talking about earlier, there's, have you ever heard of this guy named Ross Edgley? I don't know if I have actually. So he's, he's a, a he's such a savage. You should look that guy up. So he, his biggest thing was uh, last year, he swam around the Island of Great Britain without touching land. And it took him like two and a half months whoa without touching land yeah he's a psycho and so he's like done all this stuff like he's done like a a, a iron man triathlon like towing a log like all this just crazy stuff but um i just started reading his book it's called the world's fittest book and he like traveled all over the world talking to all these fitness experts and the very first chapter is um he's helping a um this guy who in mexico that uh, takes care of bulls and so he's in this bullpen and he's finally got this bull to the ground so he could like give it a shot or draw blood or whatever it was and then there's this other bull who's like the bigger brother that's all pissed off that he's on his brother and then there's this like 80 year old man that's just like been just sitting up there smoking cigarettes watching this whole thing happen that's like his mentor when it comes to this and then mm-hmm. so later that night after he accomplishes the task they're like this old man like drinks him under the table like <laughs> all of the tequila. And then by the time he wakes up the next day, this guy has been up for like three hours working with these bulls. And he's just like, what is this guy made of? How does this wow. even happen? You know what I mean? Like I am 30 years old. I'm fit. I'm strong. And this old man is just crushing me and literally everything, including drinking alcohol and wrestling bulls. Like, <laughs> And so like you were saying where you're just like, whoa, God, this is overwhelming. But this guy has two kids and he has all this different stuff. So you just figure out how to do it. You just got to keep 
you just got to keep raising, you know, like, like they say in the FRC courses, you got to get underneath the injury, keep bumping it up and up and up until you're stronger than you were when you had the injury. Exactly. And that's something that I, I'm always thinking about, you know, humans are just incredible adapters and you know, this guy with the bulls, it's like, you know, if you do that every day or you work your way up to it, you can do things that will seem totally impossible to other people. It's not like you just do that overnight, but yeah, you get good at what you do consistently. And if you're able to continue bumping that line, continue giving yourself more and more of a stimulus, then yeah, the limits are, you know, it's unclear where they even are. We can do, humans are pretty incredible. Right. And you gotta, but you gotta give yourself the opportunity to do that. Right. Totally. Right. So then like speaking on Dr. Andrea Spina, does that guy even sleep? Like, <laughs> every Dude. time that guy talks, you're like, what the fuck? Like, how right. is that even the thing? Like, right. Dang it. Like, where do you find the time? Cause he has kids and he runs mm-hmm. successful education courses and he has like, and he's constantly learning. That's why they have yeah. the summit all the time. So they can present all this new information. Like that guy, man, when or uh you know one of the other guys that i um um was a really big mentor of mine is dr perry nicholson that guy's just all over the place all the time mm-hmm. you're just like jeez man it's crazy right like yeah like how do you you know how do you do that the the people that are they're constantly learning constantly reading and then educating as well and running businesses and it is uh it's inspiring but it can be crazy to think about, you know, like, how does this even happen? Or how am I struggling doing what I'm doing? (laughs) But that's, that's like a trap we can get into where you, you know, you can always feel like you're not doing enough as well. Right. Because you, you know, we compare. It's like, well, we're two different organisms, you know? (laughs) Right. And it's, and one of them has, it's basically, like you said, stress, like they have, Mm -hmm. they have dealt with more of it and are more efficient at it than we are because they have done, they were where we were like four years ago or even, right. even like Andreas Spina, like when he first started, he was probably just like, Oh shit, this is hard. How am I going to do this? But then he like figured it out over time. You know what I mean? And so right. I think as long as you're, you're asking yourself, Oh shit, this is hard. How do I do this? Then you're on the right track. And then people are looking at you being like, well, how's he doing that? You know, it's just the, right. And so the comparison thing I think is, is really dangerous, but it's, it depends on your mindset. Cause I think it's really inspiring. Oh, it, it, it definitely is. And that's where, you know, with this studio that I'm looking at starting, um, you know, I've thought it's, it's incredibly exciting to the point that I know I need to do it. You know, yeah. I know, I know I need to go for it. Uh, if not this location, another one. Um, and part of that, I've seen what other people do and what they're able to do and, and create. And that is inspiring. And, you know, then I wake up one morning, I'm like, man, do I really want to do this? <laughs> you know, like, but, but I do, but your mind goes back and forth. It's, it's fighting to be comfortable. It's fighting to put me in a comfortable position because right now I'm essentially like, you know, um, independent contractor. I train out of a couple gyms outside. It's low overhead, pretty low risk. Um, so it's, it's a big jump that, but it pushes me towards what I'm passionate about and I know I'll be happier in the long run. However, it works out because I'm, I'm jumping on an opportunity. Right. Yeah. Man, it's, it's so tough, but I think that, you know, 
like coming out of massage school, a lot of people just go to massage envy because it's easy. And a mm-hmm. lot of people go work at other chiropractors offices because it's easy. Or a lot of people work at, you know, other personal training places because it's easy. But like, if you start your own thing, then you can do your own thing. And then that's how you make your name. But you have to go through the periods where you're just like, where is everybody? Like, how does this even happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you struggle with advertising and you struggle with marketing and you struggle with, you know, trying to figure out how to get more people. And then, but the, the reality is, is that if you just, if you make people smile and you make people feel good and then you um, make a substantial difference in their life and how they feel and how they function, then they go and tell other people and then other people want to experience that. So then they come to you, but that takes time. And so, right. It's like the, the, the 10 year overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it, it's so funny that, you know, I've, I've heard people ask and, and just seen that mindset in people of, well, how'd you, how'd you do that? How'd you just like be successful? And except for maybe a select few, it took a lot of work for people. You know, you right. don't just create this success out of nowhere. You know, you, you've worked for it, taken advantage of opportunities and, and made the most of them. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of people and entrepreneurs or prospective entrepreneurs who just think, okay, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just jump in here and it's going to work out, right. which, you know, it takes, it takes some, some background work for sure. It takes some effort and some anxiety. Is what it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I haven't even opened this place yet and you know, I've, I've, I've already got it. I'm like, am I ready? And, but again, I, I'm at the point where it's not like I'm not doing well, but I want to push more. And right. it's like, I need more of a stimulus. That's a perfect stimulus to, to accelerate the growth. It forces you to do something where right. if people don't show up, suddenly it's like, all right, well, I got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. And so I spent like the first four years of my uh, career just really hyper-focused on education, like trying to like learning at a speed read, reading as many books as I could, taking as many education courses as I could. Um, I was fortunate enough to, um, to get an inheritance once my uh, grandmother passed away. So I had extra money that I wouldn't have had before to just take whatever I wanted. So I was able to just go wherever, travel wherever, do whatever. And then, you know, now I'm out of money. So now I have to be more calculated with my education, but, um, I had a, uh, a kid who's in massage school right now contact me and he's like, Hey, can I have a job? And I was like, Oh, I'm actually just <laughs> starting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is like the first time where I'm not as focused on education, but I'm more focused on my business. So contact right. me in five years, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know. I'm happy to point you in a direction that'll get you started. And I highly recommend yeah. that you start yourself, even though it is scary, but like it's a, uh, yeah, it's just weird, like looking at everybody else's perspective and, and trying to figure out where they're at based off of what they're posting on social media, which is basically just kind of like highlights or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, it, it is. It is really social media is so fascinating. And, you know, I've, I've met a few, a number of people that I initially connected with on social media. And it was funny with a number of them, they were very, very similar to what I had seen and what I expected because they're being, you know, fairly transparent and, and talking and right. doing things like that. So that, which I think is a really helpful marketing tool is to show your personality 
you know, and, and actually put yourself out there to a degree that you're being somewhat vulnerable. Um, but yeah, it's tough because a lot of people, you don't have any idea, you know, are they painting this picture that really doesn't reflect what they're doing or their life or, you know, is what they're showing us real? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because a lot of people have like a negative connotation towards social media and, you know, but that's largely on what you're paying attention to. You know, like everybody's like, right. oh, Facebook's so negative. It's all political. It's all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I get a lot of compilation videos of people scaring the crap out of each other and <laughs> puppies. I have a lot of puppies. I don't see yeah. any negative political stuff. So then it's, what do you pay attention to? <laughs> because apparently I like puppies and I like people scaring the crap out of each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And then on, you know, on Instagram, like, it's, I follow the people that I follow because I want to learn from them. And then you build like this community of people that all have the same direction and the same goals. And then, you know, how do you, that's all I'm paying attention to. So like, what what are you following? Because you have control over all of this. It's all an algorithm, right? So like whatever you like or whatever you watch or whatever you pay attention to, that's what Facebook and Instagram are going to give you. So you should probably exactly take a right. deeper look into that, you know? Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're getting a bunch of crap popping up that, that you don't want to see or you, or you say you don't want to see, yeah, you dig a little deeper because <laughs> it's not there by accident right. for the most part. You know, like right. some people's feeds, I realize I haven't seen in a while, um, but I like the content they put out. So I'll go to their profile and I'll click a couple of things and watch so then it'll show up in my, in my feed yeah. more often. And yeah, it's really interesting. But yeah, people people have that negative connotation with social media, but as a as an entrepreneur, it can be really helpful from a learning perspective and and marketing. Right. And just taking pieces of what everybody else is doing and making it your own. So that's kind of where when people ask me like what I do and I'm like I don't make you better at human because yeah. I yeah, so it's like because I have a I have a wide scope of practice from all the education that I've gotten, you know, so mm-hmm. I can do like remedial functional medicine stuff. I can do massage therapy stuff. I can do functional range conditioning stuff. I do like dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. I can do all this different stuff and it just depends yeah. on what you need as a person, you know? And so we're just trying to do, we're all out here trying to do the best we can. And if my best isn't what you need, then I'll send you somewhere else. But you know, yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, val- that's so valuable to, to have all of those skills that you can assimilate in a way that is most meaningful and effective for whatever individual you're working with. Right. And yeah. Um, so let's talk about your uh, studio space for a second. So you're, are you looking mm-hmm. at a space right now or, or you found one and then you have another one in mind or what's going on there? Yeah, there, there's a couple nearby. There's one that I'm looking at that I'm actually right now in the middle of negotiating a lease that okay. is about two blocks from where I live. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, ground floor. It's got a bunch of windows. It's a good space for me. It's not huge, maybe about 1,200 square feet. Yeah. And uh, an office. And, you know, it's, I'd have to put in some ACs, but it's, there's a floor, there's walls, they're painted. I can change things, but it's not an enormous project. Yeah. Basically as much as I make it over right. time, I'll probably change the flooring. And, and so it looks like it'll probably work out as long as we 
come to a couple agreements in the lease. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's very exciting. And for a while, my mind was every time I pass a place for rent, I just sort of peek in yes. and, you know, all right, what's that looking like? And I saw this place, but in the back of my mind, it was like, I didn't believe I was ready. <laughs> yeah. And then the discomfort thing came up and I was like, wait a second, I could make this a reality. Well, nobody's really ready. You yeah. I mean? And so there, it's, yeah. So like, even when I had like my cage fight, like I, I trained as hard as I could, but was I ready for that? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Or like, um, you know, you just, you're doing the best you can like jujitsu tournaments, CrossFit competitions, whatever, just as long as you've comfortable with the hours that you put in and you're, you're like you said, you've, you've had 13, thousand hours of like practice with people and mm -hmm. so you're ready you know what i mean but it's just like yeah yeah so then it's like taking that next step and seeing what you're capable of is more where you're at and so the problem is overthinking it i think and so that like crossfit is a wonderful space for that where you can really just tell the people that are just doing stuff and the people that really overthink it like the mm -hmm. like the one rep deadlift day you know what I mean? Like there's people that are like, wow, that's kind of heavy. I don't know. That last rep was, I kind of struggled a little bit. And then you're, just, and then they go and they just fail. And then there's yeah. other people that just go up and just do it. You know what I mean? And I'm just, right. the Stop worst around, grip it and rip it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst that'll happen is it won't budge. That's it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's it. And so, um, it's, it's just trying, you know what I mean? It's yeah. It, I can't even just express the power behind just trying. It's just so it's just having the courage to just do it. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that. And that's something where the last year or two, I've definitely changed from, you know, I need to, and in different contexts, it sort of spreads out, you know, first yeah. off the training business and then making connections and then here a new opportunity with the studio. Yeah. But it's, it's funny the people I, that I trust the most and that know me the best have said, you know, go for it. Like, right. And then, you know, there's other people that are like, eh, you know, I don't know why you do that or you don't need to do that or, you know, but if they understand what's important to me and, and my own experience, you know, why would you not? And the ready thing, it's like, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, I'll know, I'll know when I'm ready to, you know, when I have this much money or when I have this much time or these many, this many clients, but really, yeah, it's life's about, there's opportunities there all the time you know, our perspective might depend on how many of them we actually see. And then our yeah. mindset might help us actually take action there. Right. So then the, the mindset thing, you know, cause it's like, like what you were just saying, I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I have this much money. I'll be happy when my studio has this many people. I'll be happy when I'll be happy when. And so if you just take away when and you just be fucking happy, right. Then you're just happy. It's, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. just roll with it. Yeah. Right. And, 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 uh, it's, it's funny, you know, I think I talk a decent amount. I've, I've known a lot of people that have dealt with anxiety and, and depression and yeah, I understand it for a lot of people with a mindset. It's not as simple as saying, Oh, just be happy. I, I totally understand that right. things we can't control, but it is amazing how malleable our mindset can be. Right. You know, we'll have our ups and downs, but for me, you know, when I started changing, channeling more of my conscious attention on some of the positives, it wasn't right away, but over time, you know, you adapt. Your mindset starts to adapt and you start to see more positive. And then the dips down aren't quite as deep, 
and the highs are a little bit higher and you kind of shift your baseline just as you would with like end range training. You know, you right. shift your, your baseline uh, over down the continuum. Right. And so, um, shit, what was I going to say? Ugh, just let me. So there's, um, there's just this continuum of what you were just saying where if you just start working towards something and then you start paying attention to what's actually happening and what, what you're being present and what you're actually accomplishing, then you start to realize that you're actually accomplishing those things and then it starts to build. Right. So like, and right. you know, I think that there's, you know, what I try to tell people is, is, are you intrinsically anxious or are you extrinsically anxious? Are you intrinsically depressed or extrinsically depressed? Because if you're intrinsically depressed, then for sure, go get some help. Yeah. But like if you're extrinsically depressed, then look at what's causing your depression. You know, is your, is your mom sick? Yeah. Be depressed. It's okay. Because that's, totally. a, that's a shitty thing. You know what I mean? Did your house just burn down? For sure. Be depressed. You know what I mean? Are you in between jobs right now? Yes. That's going to cause anxiety. Absolutely. Did you just open up your new studio and you're extrinsically anxious because you don't know if you can afford it? It's kind of scary. Yeah. Be anxious. But if you're intrinsic, then, and you have no reason to point at being anxious, then for sure get some help. And it's fine to get help if you're extrinsically as well. Like if it's overwhelming, then right. it's fine. So I think that there's a negative connotation placed on all that kind of stuff. And it's not, and it's really detrimental to people because then they don't seek help because they, they feel like there's something wrong with them, but there's not. Exactly. And that, I love that distinction between extrinsically and intrinsically because yeah, either way you can, you can certainly get help if you need it, but with the extrinsic, it's like, okay, you know, you can, you can experience that. That's, that's totally fine. And then do what you can control to help mitigate some of that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And I think when it comes to like positivity and there's kind of, there's been a shift, which is good, but there's some backlash between it's like the be positive thing. The, and it's like, I get that, that like, yeah, if someone is intrinsically depressed and they're having issues that they need help with saying, just be positive, be happy, you know, these superficial things, it's not gonna, it's not gonna help a whole lot. Right. Um, but for me, like when I describe the smiles take you miles, a lot of that for me represents the mindset shift that, that I've made personally right. and that I've seen people make with the, the little steps, just the little things, the conscious attention, the, hey, like if you have 10 opportunities to see glass, glass half full, glass half empty, and you take one of them today, awesome. Yep. You know, maybe tomorrow you take two of those opportunities and you see glass half full and over time you shift. Uh, but I, again, I love that, um, that distinction between ex extrinsic and intrinsic. Yeah. And so then I'm also really interested in triggers, which is mm. really interesting. So, you know, cause I've been around, I, uh, CrossFit for a long time. So when, um, and I was a competitor. And so when people ask me, how fast can I do this workout? I think about it elite first and then, you know, um, exceptional athlete and then above average and then average and then below average. That's how I think about it. So if you're super efficient and you're really fast and you're really strong, you're going to do it in this time. And then if you're, then this is how you do it in this time. And then this is above average. And then this is average. And I was explaining that to an athlete and she said, well, the word average offends me. And I'm like, why? 
Let's <laughs> talk about it. Because like you're average, you have a job, you have a husband, you have all these other responsibilities. You're not training CrossFit eight hours a day. So you're not going to be exceptional or elite. So what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like you might yeah. be able to put in an extra half hour, an hour a day. And then within a year or so, you'll be above average. But that's like where you're at. And so like what, you know, so that's, a, that's something that, um, you know, I've been working on over the last couple of years is like if it offends you, then you need to unpack why it offends you. And, and this right. thing, be positive, offends you then why? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's really important for all of us. Like, yeah, un, unpack that. Like you said, you know, explore why for, you know, take responsibility for it because anyone can say anything to you and, and you're kind of responsible for your reaction. Like, sure. Someone can be a total jerk and say something that will make you pissed off. But if it's something relatively benign and it, it triggers you, it's like, okay, why? Yeah. Why is that happening? Right. Uh, I think that's really really important right and so like yeah. if, if you said be positive and then it, i'm like no that's that's offensive then you need to be like <laughs> okay well why is it because you can't be positive is it because you don't want to be positive is it because you have an intrinsic thing like are you intrinsically depressed cool let's figure that out because we can work on that together i can figure out some people i can call around and, with my contacts and find somebody that you can talk to and then yeah. we'll get you some medication to where you can be positive it's right. Fine. And so if, if it's a, if it's an extrinsic thing, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, if, if somebody in your family has cancer and then your grandma's really sick and then your parents just got divorced then yeah, you're depressed and it's going to be harder to be positive. So let's talk about it. How can I help you? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. just get the, the, just those questions, man, questions solve <laughs> problems and they get you. And the more problems you solve, the better off you are. Right. Yeah. And, and that's uh, the questions too. You know, you, uh, a little bit back, you, you talked about asking some, like asking yourself some questions. You gave some examples of, well, why, why this, why am I not doing this? And just asking yourself or another person, a series of questions, why, why, why can really help. And, and also with, with regarding the trigger that that's something that I used to be kind of paralyzed with action because of how I thought it might affect other people. Mm -hmm. you know, that empathy, like, well, I'm not going to walk down the street and smile at someone because like they might be pissed off by it or they might not be happy and the smile make them feel worse or all these things. And when you start to understand that as long, you know, as long as I'm acting like a decent human being, I'm not responsible for someone else's reactions to me. Yeah. You start to be more yourself and then people respond to that generally positively. You know, when I walk down the street, sometimes I'm surprised, like, someone smiles at me, you know, yeah. or I'll smile at three or four people and they'll ignore me. And then the third person will smile and say like, good morning. And then like, <laughs> Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that you could go even deeper with that, where there's a lot of people that are afraid to open that studio or afraid to start their own business because they're afraid of letting their parents down or afraid yeah. of letting their friends down or afraid of being embarrassed or whatever it is. And so, you know, like if you're, smiling at somebody and they have a pissed off reaction they're not pissed off because you smiled at them they're pissed off and it's nothing right. to do with you. and so that's you know, <laughs> so just focusing on what you want and what you want to do um you know so i watched uh, the the netflix tony robbins documentary 
And have you watched that yet? I have not actually. Oh my God. I've seen it. Yeah. Prepare yourself. You want to cry? All right. That's, that's the one. All right. So, <laughs> um, but he asked this, he asked the question, um, out of both your parents, whose love did you crave the most? And obviously both your parents loved you because you're alive and you made it right. Right. And so, but which love, which ones did, uh, which parents love did you crave the most? And so I sat there and I was thinking about it and I was like, Oh, my dad's because you know, we spent a lot of time together. We went to motorcycle races. We went on motorcycle trips. We went camping. We did all this stuff, but no matter what I did, I never got what I needed from him, which was like, Hey son, I'm proud of you. So no matter what I accomplished, I never got those words out of him. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. once I realized that and then worked through that and then started to make myself proud, then he became proud of me, you know? And so it's, it's really interesting to where all these triggers that you have, if you just start asking the right questions, then you start to get the answers that you need and then you can move on. You know what I mean? Because then, and just recently I had that conversation with my dad and he had the same exact thing with his. And so whenever he, so he started multiple businesses and would get to this high level of success. And then his dad was never like, Hey, good job. So then he would just stop and do something else, you know? Wow. And I'm just like, God, it's so weird. Like, see, then again, like, how did we make it this far? We're so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there's so many layers to unpack and, and a little event, you know, in our childhood or, or a pattern can affect the way we respond to things 30 years later or, or our actions or, you know, our mindset or our decision-making, it is, it's pretty astounding. <laughs> right. <laughs> it but really then, is. So then if you think about that ripple effect of your childhood, then you can think about the ripple effect that you have on people. You know what I mean? So like, Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So like if somebody comes in and is having a rough time and everything is hard and you're just like, Hey, you know what? Let's go take a walk. And then you take them out for a walk and you, you lock up the gym and you buy them some coffee and you listen to what they have to say, then just somebody giving a shit ripples out, you know what I mean? And then you have this profound effect on your life, whether you want them to or not, you know, and that's just the way. And so just having presence of mind that you affect your people. Yeah. And what what's neat and also a challenge is that you don't always see that in real time or you don't always know that you've affected them. You know, I I had people when I left my previous job, I was there six and a half years and there were people I never trained. I never worked with, but you know, I'd say hi to them. I have conversations occasionally and they'd say, man, I'm really going to miss like seeing your smile every day. It really brightened my day. And I'm like, man, I, I, I didn't realize, you know, I, I smile. I want, I want to help people, but, and, and same with social media, you can make posts or say things that help people they might never tell you. Occasionally they might like a few months, like, Hey, I've been following your stuff for months. It's been changing me like, Holy crap. Yeah. But it's so interesting. You can affect people in a profound way and either never know about it or, or hear about it months or years later. Right. And so that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like if you just do it for yourself, then it just has a profound impact on the people around you because you know, going through this process of building my brand on social media and starting this podcast and just, it's kind of a grind, you know, like every day you're like, Oh shit, I got to post this video. (laughs) I got to post this motivational quote. Oh my God. You know what I mean? And (laughs) Oh yeah. But 
you know, then I started getting a lot of messages recently where I'm just like, Hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And I'm just like, Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that can like, you know, you can be having like a crappy week and you just feel run down and like, Oh man. And one or two messages like that can just lift you up. And you're like, wow, this is why I'm doing this. It right. Is, it is pretty amazing. And so like with the motivational quotes thing, I just figured that if I need to hear it, then other people do. And so I just put it up there. Yeah. And, you know, cause, and so it's all just based off of, you know, cause I post one video and one motivational quote a day. And the quote is like one thing that I needed to hear that day. And out of the 7 billion people on the earth, there's probably a couple hundred that need to hear that too. You know what I mean? So then, Oh yeah. Let's, let's you know, get that message out there because like quotes help people, you know, it's like if they get you fired up then they're going to get other people fired up. Right. And in talking about triggers, you know, even like a positive trigger, you, you mm. never know what is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back, maybe in a good way. You never know what right. is going to trigger someone into action or into doing something positive for themselves or someone else. Um, so yeah, the, the quotes can be really effective in that way. That's so interesting that you brought that up because, <laughs> because it's funny because we only focus on negative stuff. So I only looked at triggers as a negative thing until you brought it up. Like, shit, there's positive <laughs> triggers too. You know, so it's just really yeah. interesting. It's really interesting that we made it this far. I keep saying that, but it's just <laughs> really true. You know, so um, there's another thing that Tony Robbins brought up at one of his um, podcasts, like probably six or eight months ago, where he's talking about the the societal narrative which i think is really interesting so he's talking about um he had like fifteen thousand people at this one event and he was talking about you know business and accelerating your business and what you can do to make it better and so you know he had a person stand up he's like hey what are the biggest fears of your business oh that i'm going to go bankrupt that i'm not going to be able to make pay payroll that i'm going to you know have to shut the lights off i'm going to have to fire people whatever just went down the litany of things that entrepreneurs think about. And then he said, yeah. so everybody else in this room that has those thoughts, raise their hands and everybody raise their hand, 15,000 people. And he's like, that's not your thought. That's <laughs> the societal narrative going on. So what are your thoughts? You know what I mean? And then, so you start thinking about that. You're like, right. shit, you know? So then there's this, you start like paying attention to like the news and how shitty everything is and you start listening to everybody talking about how much scarcity there is and how nobody's going to make it and how expensive all this stuff is and you're just like is that you talking or is that everyone talking you yeah. know what I mean? and then you start to realize well what's my voice about because like what if i started to what if i don't want to think that way you know what if i just want to think that i'm successful and, yeah and, and what, does, what does successful mean that's another deep question Right. What's success to me? And, and I'm thinking of like a metaphor, you know, when you're driving around or you're watching TV and you see all these advertisements for food, you know, for Wendy's or McDonald's or, and you start getting hungry and it's kind of a similar, you're getting these outside influences and signals that are affecting your inner signal for hunger or for success or fears. Right. And it, it really affects your ability to just be present with yourself and understand what's actually important for you. Right. Um, so I, I think that's really fascinating and yeah, that's, and that's where, you know, like with this, this business, like certainly I've had fears about opening the studio 
Right. And however, my excitement and my passion overwhelm those fears. Other people bring their fears and their narrative into it about, well, this, or you need this, or this isn't going to work out. So it's a challenge to, you know, to weed out the voices and, and pay attention to what's important to you for sure. Right. Yeah. And that's where it's really beneficial to just sit on a bench and stare at a tree and figure out what you're really thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, man, I feel like, cause we've been getting after it and you're one of those people I feel like <laughs> I could talk about, talk to forever. So, oh yeah. Let's, uh, um, so then what is your definition of success then? Man, I, you know, I think my definition of success would be that I am, I'm energized and passionate about what I'm doing and that what I'm doing is helping a lot of people Yeah, just live better lives and be, you know, be happier, you know, helping them with a lot of, obviously my specialty really is in, in the physical, but also just positive change. Yeah. Positive change. And that, that's, it's pretty general, but that's really my definition of success. So if I, if I find a way, a different way to do that, that's more effective that I'm more passionate about, I may take a different route. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause that's a, and you know, that's one thing that I've been learning a lot is it's all the same thing. So you're just affecting the person in front of you. And so whether it's right. strength, whether it's getting rid of inflammation, whether it's getting them to eat better, whether it's getting them to quit their job and start something new because there's so much stress at their current job, you know, like, uh, whatever it is that makes a positive change in that person, then it makes a positive change in you and then it makes a positive change. And so it's, oh, yeah. it's very successful. So you got to think about like that American beauty movie, you know, he had this highly successful mm -hmm. job that he hated and he's like, you know what? I really like flipping burgers. I'm going to go do that. And then he was so happy doing that, you know, like <laughs> why not? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like figure out what you want. And that's, it, it's, and, and it's interesting being, you know, working with people is that you see people that are at different stages. You see people that are, you know, objectively successful, but unhappy. And you see people that are, you know, objectively, eh, maybe not as successful, but they're happy with what they do. And you see these levels of passion come out. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's hard to get through to people that, again, the narrative that they're given by our culture is, you know, this is success or you're doing what you're supposed to do. But if they're unhappy, you know, we lose connection with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. So um, what books are you reading right now? Oh, that's a good question. So I started, actually started rereading Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Yeah. So that's, that, that is just one that it's just always a good reminder. It goes into the a lot of the science in a pretty digestible way. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one that I was going to start that I am blanking on it right now. Um, but I, I, I can't remember. That's, that's actually a great point for opportunity for me right now because, you know, I, I read it a decent amount, but I think reading more is so, is so helpful. When you mentioned like speed reading and then, yeah. I was like, man, that's a great first step. Like you can be so much more efficient <laughs> right? if you start to, what and about you? That was a, that was a critical component for me is learning how to speed read because I get 
it's really easy for me to get bored if stuff is taking too long. So like if I'm getting, especially if it's really dense information like that zebra's book, like if you're, yeah, <laughs> you were, um, you know, diving into that information, if you're diving into that book for sure, take notes because it's a, it's, yeah. it's like you said, it's digestible, but kind of like, it's, yes, you really got to put in the work on that one. Um, so there's a guy, his name is uh, Jim Quick. He has a couple podcasts out about how to speed read and then also how to learn faster. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So check that guy I'll have out. To check that out. Jim Quick. Yeah. yeah so I'll, uh, you might have to remind me later on Instagram, but if I don't get it to you by the end of the day, then just shoot me a message on Instagram and I'll uh, forward you the links to both of those because that makes it really easy. Um, yeah. So what I just finished was, um, what did I just finish? God dang it. <laughs> I can't think of it. So um, the, what I, I started Ross Edgley's book, the, the, the Oh yeah. Yeah. The world's fittest book. That's what I just started. Um, let me look at what I just finished. Um, and then uh, there's another guy. He's, um, he's a lecturer. His name is Philip McKernan. And he has a book called uh, Rich on Paper, Poor on Life. And that book is really good too. Um, and I finished that one a few weeks ago. Um, let me pull this up real quick. Oh. That's what it was. Um, so it's uh, Jim Rohn's book, uh, Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness. That one's really good too. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's good. That reminds me of, a, of actually a book I've meant to go back to. Is, uh, um, uh, um, yeah, James Covey, I think, wrote that. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. the, the seven... Habits of highly successful people, is it? Yeah. Yep. 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 That one's really good. Yeah. Too. Yeah. There's so many good books out there. So good. <laughs> All right, my friend. That's another one of those like overwhelming things. I've gotten into that paralysis, like, oh, I should read this or I should read this. And meanwhile, I'm not reading anything. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, audiobooks are really helpful for me too um, because I drive around a lot. Um, you know, uh, my wife's an ICU nurse. Oh, so yeah. She's at work for like 12 hours a day. So I make sure that I have time in between training sessions and, um, you know, picking up my, and to where I come home and check on my dogs and then drive back out, come home and eat lunch, drive back out. So audiobooks are really helpful too for just, you know, consumption. So that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten into some of those, but not nothing recently. So yeah. So it's, I mean, it's just like, yeah, that's like the, the whole book reading thing is kind of overwhelming. You just got to think about like one step at a time, right? You can't read all the books at once. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's a good place to end it, man. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a good Yeah. yeah. I, I think that works for me, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, brother. It's been great talking to you, dude. Yeah. Hey. Uh,